From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm delighted to welcome you today on this very special day. It's Christmas. It's Christmas Day. This is the day that we've set aside to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm well aware that uh, maybe some of our regular audience may not be with us today because uh, you're involved in other things, and maybe they will not catch us today like they usually do. But I'm also aware that some of you may catch us today on this station where you're listening, and you really have not uh, had the opportunity to do so through the years. So I want to welcome you if you're brand new, and I hope that you'll make it a plan to be with us as often as you possibly can. We're right here five days a week, every week, and looking forward to just being able to be a blessing to you and establish a friendship. If you want to check us out, go to the web and check us out at swordofthelord.com. Got a lot of good things on the website there for you. Now, today, being Christmas Day, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to read a little bit of that, and then there is a phrase in verse 18 that will be the subject that we'll build around here for the next few minutes. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, and that little phrase, on this wise, is what I want to talk to you about today, because that tells us, basically, this is the way it happened. This is what happened, and it's making very clear the details of the birth of the Lord Jesus. I continue reading verse 18. When as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph, and that just simply means they were betrothed or engaged to each other, that uh, before they came together, meaning before they had intimacy with each other, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Now, Joseph was caught by surprise here. He did not know what the Lord was up to, what was going on here with this. So, verse 20 says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son... And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, and this is talking about Isaiah the prophet, who said in Isaiah seven fourteen, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, dear friends, whenever I tell you that is the way it is, that is exactly the way it was. That is exactly what happened. That is the detail that uh, the Lord gives us here in Matthew chapter 1 about the birth of the Lord Jesus. And need I say, it's no ordinary situation. It is, in fact, an extraordinary circumstance that this is uh, the way it is. 
Now, whenever we look at verse 18, we see that verb, was. That tells me that it is indeed a historic thing that we're looking at here. And I just identify its historical placement here when we talk about the birth of Christ and the setting in history, the setting in time that this occurred as the Bible lays it out here. So what we learn is Mary, his mother, as uh, we have learned that she was, became engaged to Joseph. They were not married. And they had not been intimate with each other. The Bible tells us this. But nonetheless, she was found with child. Now, you can imagine what this did in her mind. In fact, uh, there's another place over in Luke that tells us that uh, she had to work through that as well. And the Lord helped her to understand what was going on. But Joseph, Joseph, her betrothed, the man to whom she was to be married at a point in time, you can imagine what kind of uh, difficulty this uh, put him through. Now, he, this passage tells me, was a good man, a just man. That means he's a godly man. That means he's walking with God. And uh, yet, when he learned about this, he was thinking, well, this is going to be a scandal. This is going to be some kind of a public display of uh, shame. And he did not want to do that to her. I mean, after all, he knew that he had not misbehaved. He knew that he had not in any way done anything that was inappropriate with her. So he knew that the child that she was carrying was not his baby. And so he was willing to just do something privately here so that she would not be humiliated, but at the same time, the betrothal would be ended. But while he thought on this, and apparently he was not quick-triggered, he did not just jump and say, hey, I'm done with all of this, but he was pondering the whole matter. And the Lord talked to him and gave him some instructions, and he said, Joseph, you don't have anything to worry about. You have nothing to fear because this is the Lord's doing. The Holy Ghost of God has been the instrument in the conception of this baby. And this baby is not just some ordinary child. This is going to be the one that will be the Messiah, the one that will come to save people from their sins, and you will call his name Jesus when he is born. Now, Joseph got all of that instruction, and guess what he did? He went right to doing exactly what he was instructed to do. I repeat again, Joseph was a good man. He listened to the Lord. He honored the Lord. He did what he knew he was supposed to do. He wasn't worrying now about uh, the wagging tongues. He wasn't worried now about the community gossips. He wasn't worried at all because he had instructions from the Lord. And he understands that we have something absolutely fabulous about to happen here. So you drop on down in the reading. All of this was done because 700-plus years, about 750 years beforehand, Isaiah the prophet had said, and you can read it in Isaiah chapter 7, that a virgin would be with child, a virgin would conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. Now, several things we learned there. This is not just a young woman. Some of the uh, Bibles that uh, have been done in uh, the last hundred years or so, uh, they take away the word virgin from their English translation, and they make it say just a young woman. Well, that's botching up 
the Hebrew text in Isaiah, and it's botching up the Greek text here in Matthew's gospel as well. What the Bible says in both places is that a virgin would conceive. Now, folks, nothing like this had ever happened on the planet. And by the way, nothing like this has happened on the planet since. So this is an absolutely unique situation and one that is uh, really going to show strongly that something special has taken place. A virgin shall be with child. And not only that, but the child is going to be a son, not a daughter, but a son. All of the detail of this is laid out here very clearly, and it also tells us here that he will be called Emmanuel. Now, a number of names, a number of titles that the Lord Jesus has, and one of them is Emmanuel, and that word simply means God with us. Now, that's telling us we do not have the birth of a child here that is just a human being. This is a human being that is God in the flesh. God has birthed himself, birthed his son in human flesh. Extraordinary, absolutely unique, fabulous situation here. And all of that to fulfill the prophecy that we find in the book of Isaiah. So here's what uh, happens that brought all of this into play. The Bible tells us that uh, the government made a mandate to get Joseph to Bethlehem, this taxing that Luke 2 introduces to us. Uh, it is situation maybe somewhat like a census, and there may have been money involved as well. And so they have to go back to the home of their ancestry. And, you know, if you to ask some people like in Jerusalem or in Jericho or uh, across the way in some other town or village in uh, Israel, had you asked a lot of people about when will the Messiah be born? Where will the Messiah be born? They would have said, we don't know the time, but we know the place, and it'll be Jerusalem. Now, a lot of folks were absolutely ignorant of Bible prophecy. But you remember Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, the Lord told us there that Bethlehem would be the place where that the Messiah would be born. And so it is done, and the Lord used the government to put it all in place so that Joseph just went right on past Jerusalem and made that little five-mile trek uh, beyond Jerusalem on out to Bethlehem, and they were there at the time that the uh, baby was due to be born. Now let me remind you again, Joseph and Mary were not married. And they were not promiscuous. They were engaged, but they were clean. And the Lord worked this thing out on his terms so that the Savior would be born exactly in a way that, as Luke's gospel says, would be a sign unto us. If it was just something ordinary, we would have said, well, hey, just another baby. But when something so fabulously done as this is done, I mean, we have every reason to salute. We have every reason to rejoice. We have every reason to stand up and shout the grand news because after all, and you see what we learn here in this chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 1, that Jesus is, in fact, the Savior. He is going to be the Savior for men. And the Bible goes on to say, that Joseph and Mary were not in any way inappropriate. They did not do anything out of line at all until her firstborn son came into the world. Now remember, Mary had other children later. Uh, the Bible tells us, mentions Jesus' sisters, and then names several of his brothers. So we know, got a big family later, 
But uh, now then, Jesus is the firstborn, and he is here. Now, folks, when I read verse 18 that says, on this wise, I'm just telling you, this is the way that it happened. And that's why we get over into Luke chapter 2, and we hear the message, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And let me emphasize that. Red, yellow, black, brown, and white, every single one are precious in his sight. And the Lord lays this out. He is the Savior. This is good news for all people. Verse 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The angels rejoiced and said, verse 14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Folks, I'm telling you, this is an amazing, wonderful, blessed story, and this is the way it happened. On this wise, Luke chapter 2 and verse 6 says, And so it was. So yes, that is the way it was. On this special day when God was made flesh, and the Lord Jesus was born in Bethlehem so that you and I could have a Savior that would get us through life, forgiven into the family of God, and provide a home in heaven for us when we die. Well, dear friends, I hope you'll have a wonderful Christmas day. We, uh, right here at the Sword of the Lord headquarters, uh, we want to send from our families to your family the best wishes for a very blessed Merry Christmas. I trust that it'll be a great, wonderful, blessed day for you as we celebrate the Lord's birth. And remember, I love to hear from you, so I hope you'll write me a note today. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good, wonderful Christmas day, and goodbye for now.